Pretty Little Death Walders, A Message to Humanity, written by Gifted Earth. The High Senate of the Stellar League was held on a planet of Union, which had been settled especially for this purpose. There was no sapient or close to sapient races native to the Union systems. This, combined with the mild climate and the stable geology, made it a fine location to build a High Senate and conduct interspecies meetings. Over time, it had attracted a lot of commerce and had started to see people settling in for all sorts of reasons other than diplomacy. Union's population now numbered somewhere between 2 and 3 billion. Not the most developed planet then, but still noteworthy. Every species in the Stellar League had at least one representative on the Union, save humanity for obvious reasons. It was a cultural, political, and linguistic melting pot, the likes of which had never been seen before. The first human to set foot in Union was Ambassador Mika Yamada, shortly followed by the rest of the Human Diplomacy Party, including some reporters who couldn't believe that they'd be the ones to get the story. They were greeted by none other than Ambassador Venevale of the Fifth House. He had aged somewhat since this famous presentation on the development of humanity, but he was still well-built and proud. Ben Vale stamped his four hooves in a customary greeting. Yamada bowed and then offered her hand as to his shake. Photographers from both sides took every possible picture they could for this moment. A pleasure to meet you, Ambassador Yamada, Ben Vale said as he released her hand. I hope your journey wasn't too uncomfortable. A pleasure to meet you too, Ambassador Ben Vale, Yamada shook her head. If it was uncomfortable, I didn't notice. I was too busy studying for this meeting. Vinvale snorted in amusement. He turned and gestured for the humans to follow him into the main high center building. They did so, and the conversation continued as they walked. You make it sound like we're going to test you. I don't know alien customs, for all we know you might. Yamada's mouth quirked upwards in a slight smile. Besides... I doubt that I could get a full picture of galactic politics and culture from just six months spent on research station while our bosses were getting all of the paperwork done. Ah yes, the research station, which I'm told has already produced two trade deals, both involving beverages. Venevel snorted again and looked on Yamada's face. It seems I was right about you, you're doing just fine as a whole. They entered the main foyer of the High Senate. The building itself was a large dome, with four structures dutching out of each cardinal direction that were used as the foyers. This was the largest of the four, the grandest. It had been designed to decorate the doozy architects and designers, which says all that really has to be about its appearance. Yamada's jaw dropped. She quickly picked it up again. The inner walls resembled an iridescent scales, or perhaps overlapping leaves given by the creators, that reflected the light form of hanging lamps in every hue visible to every known species. The floors were a cool, polished stone with a little microscopic imperfections in the surface designed to improve grip without losing the smooth effect. The thin, blue-tinted energy barrier divided the room into two halves, just before the barrier was a security booth, manned by the few rough-looking Skeretech and Vakhtar. Minvale led Yamada to her group over to the booth. 
Ambassador Van Vale of the Strictech Great Herd, he said, handing over a card as he pulled out from his robes. One of the Vectar took it and scanned it. There was a sharp beep, and then the card was given back to Van Vale. Ah, the group here only have documents, no league IDs. On cue, Yamada took her personal documents out from a briefcase. Papers and fabric rustled behind her as her entourage took out their own documents. Yamada handed the papers over to the same Vector. Ambassador Miki Yamada, the United Human Nations, she said, trying not to let her voice shake. The Vector scrutinized the documents carefully, comparing the images to the human identity documents that they had the computers. After a minute, they handed the documents back. Countless cameras around them captured the moment. You're clear for entry, Ambassador. Welcome to the Stellar League. The rest of the paperwork took a while. Yamada stayed with the group so that they could all formally enter together. In the meantime, other ambassadors arrived. There was such a menagerie of beings that Yamada could never have imagined that she'd meet as a child. A tiny Sinazetti ambassador arrived first and made a great show of flying over the humans' heads, for which she was applauded. The Savadi ambassador arrived next, the tall, slender frame cutting through the crowd like a knife. They offered the blessings to any human who greeted them. Serenena Zucchina, the Duki ambassador, was quite flustered by all the commotion. Yamana greeted all of the ambassadors personally, offering a bow and a handshake, which Zucchina hesitated over, but then accepted. The huge, turtle-like ambassador from the Shaol Seekers had a grip like a vice. Though he clearly didn't mean any harm, when the iguana-like ambassador of the Thralnian United Front greeted Yamata, they made a show of kissing her hand, evidently under the impression that this was how you greeted a human woman. The image of this went viral for the moment the human public saw it. The ambassador for the squirrel-like Balbivar were next, followed by the shortly by the speaker Valtha of the Avreli flocks and lastly Vactor Ambassador, who towered over all save the walks with words of the Shell-seekers. When all the ambassadors were gathered, they stepped through the barrier as one group. Yamada was breathing in and out slowly, fists clenched to her sides to contain her nerves. A nagging voice in her head told her that she shouldn't be there. She paused at the aside. She was not there with Mickey Yamada, but as a representative of the entire species and they were, as one, certainly considered worthy. The central hall of the High Senate was another architectural marvel. It was a circular room decorated in the same ornate style as the foyer. Eleven booths formed the circle in the center, each one of them a layout of the solar system engraved into their fronts. Yamada spotted the Sol system's podium almost immediately, so that was hers. Behind each booth was a series of bleachers, evidently reserved for press, experts, and support. A viewing gallery encircled the heights of the hall. It was utterly packed with the public and the union. Yamada took a seat in the marked booth. The chair she sat at was very plush and comfortable. She saw from her new vantage point that every single booth had a very different style of chair to fit its occupants. Say, for the Venevale booth, all the strict did not sit down. The positioning was excellent. She had a good view of all the new colleagues. All present, please settle for the proceedings to begin. 
The voice was metallic and came from all around the room. It was the AI chair of all the high senate meetings, used to ensure impartiality. Every species was encouraged to give it a different nickname. The humans held a vote and settled on Polaris, though Galdus, Ohal 9001, Totally Not Skynet, and Jerry McChair had all come close. Perhaps the internet poll hadn't been the greatest idea. Thank you. Proceedings are now ready to begin. This is a special session of the High Senate of the Stellar League. Its purpose is to formalize the entry of the United Human Nations, natives of the planet Earth in the system Sol, into the League. Ambassador Yamada will represent the United Human Nations in these proceedings. Yamada nodded and stood. I would like to thank you all again for the way that you have accepted us into the stars, Yamada said. Humanity has dreamed of finding intelligent life outside of our homeworld for a very, very long time, but we were always concerned that this life would become hostile. I and my people are delighted to learn that this is not the case. The human delegation behind her started up a round of applause, which was soon followed by a bellowing, hooting and cheering from the other delegations. Yamada waited for them to finish before continuing. Now we have reviewed the agreement sent to us by the League. Yamada paused as she thought of how to phrase it. It is more than acceptable, in fact. It seems a little too good to be true. That isn't to say that we suspect wrongdoing at all. It's just a little bit odd that the steel seems to be better than the ones that you have given every other species that joined the League after its inception. We don't want to cheat our new friends. Deathly silence. Eventually, Zistel Dalpremenar rose from her own feet. The League is in a better position now than it has ever been, she said. Previous deals were <clears throat> based on difficulties of integrating a huge new state into our League. Now, we are better established and more to the point, humanity only has two systems. Most other new entrants had at least five by the time they were identified. It doesn't seem right to give you the same deal. A solid answer, and one that was totally believable. Except that Yamada absolutely 100% didn't believe it. Humanity would be given more systems, more technology, more leeway on league taxes. The only thing that was equal in the different deals was their military contribution. Yamada had a funny feeling that they really wanted humans like them for some reason. She thought back to the toxins incident, and smiled. Well, that does make sense, but as I said, I have absolutely zero desire to cheat you when you've been so gracious. I've discussed this with the world leaders, and we've decided that as a sign of goodwill, we will reject this deal and insist on the same one that you gave to the others. Again, stunned silence. This was broken by another thunderous round of applause. The other ambassadors stared at Yamada in shock save for Venvale, who had a knowing look at his face. Are you sure? Polaris asked in the chaos died down. Is that your official declaration on this motion? Yes. Venvale beamed. Well, he said, I see no reason for the League not to accept this changed agreement, given the benefit it provides to... It was quite a fortunate for Venvale, really, that the last thing he ever witnessed was vindication for his faith in humanity. Species with low natural aggression tend to invent weapons that are as humane as possible. 
The energy bolt hit his head from the top. The electrical pulse that resulted fried his brain before it even had a chance to process anything. He felt nothing as he collapsed to the ground mid-sentence. Medics rushed down from the strict delegation before they could reach the still warm body of the ambassador. There was a shriek from the viewing galley as the figure limped down and landed on the floor of the lower stage. They were tall and six-armed, their zephyr exoskeleton concealed by flowing religious robes. In their upper right hand, they held a high-power plasma pistol. Six Sixempartorinus! The phrasing was awkward, it was said in Latin, not translated from the whistling language of the Zephardi. The message was gotten across easily, however, when the assassin shot their pistol out into the air. Pandemonium resulted, people screamed fleeing the scene as quickly as they could, trying desperately to get away from the killer. The assassin fled too, heading out of the hall and into the foyer as quickly as possible, which, given the Savadi, was fairly quickly. Miki Yamada vaulted her booth and chased after him. A memory flashed into her head of a time that she'd won the silver at a track meet in high school. She'd been so proud of herself. Today... She had no time to warm up and was running on pure adrenaline, but she was running all the same. The assassin fired at the sprinklers concealed in the elegant artistry above. As the water began to pour down, the barrier vanished to allow for the easy fire evacuation. The assassin followed this up by firing a few shots at the guards. One shot hit, dropping the unfortunate Vactar guard where it stood. The other shot went wide but one of them hit the security booth's controls, frying it. That's a powerful gun, Yamada thought. Is that legal? She pushed the thought aside and kept charging after the assassin. They rushed out of the building, out of the League Plaza. The plaza was built on a hill overlooking the Capital Union, Liberty. A long flight of stairs cut down the hill, leading to the glimmering skyscrapers of the city. The assassin made for the stairs, waving their pistol wildly to scare off the passerby. Yamada pushed through the fleeing cloud outside, fighting to keep her eyes on the target. The sound of roaring engines filled her ears. Shuttle ship was descending in a couple hundred meters from the edge of the plaza. The side door was open and another Zyphod was leaning out, gesturing to the assassin. The assassin stopped and pulled out a grappling hook gun. They aimed it at the shuttle and fired. The hook was not attached to a physical line, but instead a warping line of energy. It flew out farther than it should have and latched onto the shuttle's side. Oh no, you freaking don't, Yamada roared. She launched herself at the Zavadi and tackled them just as they pulled the recall button on the hook. Yamada pulled back hard, arms wrapped around the Zavadi's middle. They screeched in alarm and tried to hold onto the line. But biology won out. Between the force and the quickly fleeing shuttle and the force of a very angry predator pulling them down, the Zavadi assassin's weak shoulders segmented joints gave out and dislocated. The assassin screamed and let go out of instinct, sending both bug and human tumbling to the ground. Yamada pulled herself on top of the assassin and pushed them down, holding them on the stairs the steps of which were undoubtedly digging into the already pains of Hardy's back. Above them, the shuttle sped away, abandoning the captured crew member. Why? 
Nimarda demanded. Why would you attack the ambassador Venvale? Let me go, the Zipford howled. I need to hear her. I need to hear her. Ambassador Yamada, Polaris's voice was coming through Yamada's translation gear. A security team is on their way. Are you harmed? No, I'm filed. Is Venvale? I'm sorry, Ambassador Yamada. Ambassador Venvale is likely killed instantly. The High Senate had reconvened after some time to remove the body and calm the people. But the topic of discussion was no longer humanity's entry into the League. Venvale's former assistant, Yendanala, had taken his place and was in a state of utter fury. You have a lot of explaining to do, Zafad, he spat. Hold on, Yamada said, raising her scraped hand. Just because the assassins were a Zafadi doesn't mean that the Holy Zyphert constituencies are at fault. Ambassador Gadrain of the Ninth looked quite sheepish for a bug. We appreciate your faith, Ambassador Yamada, but Ambassador Yedinala has every right to be upset with us. You see, we are eusocial. Each one of us is born knowing their purpose. We have personalities and interests and identities of our own, but we work together as one group. If one Zephod is planning something, they have dozens of assistants, and every Zephod in the area is aware. Except that we weren't. I swear on the Mother Gods we weren't aware. A likely story. Yendanala stomped his forehooves in anger. How could you not be aware? It's a biological impossibility. That does appear to be the case, Ambassador Galdrine, Polaris said in a neutral tone. I must ask the destructor ambassador to calm down, however, without an explanation as to how the Zafadi delegation could not be aware of the assassination attempt Severe sanctions may have to be put into place. Ambassador Croclargen and a Drakian from the Thralian United Front stood to speak. I am curious about the words spoken by the assassin before his departure. They did not translate, and they certainly weren't any directly spoken to Zanzia. Yamada stepped up. You didn't understand that? No, Croclar said. Why, Ambassador Yamada, did you? I... Well, sort of. It's a human language that hasn't been spoken outside of science for centuries. I don't speak the language, but I know that phrase. It means thus, always to tyrants, or rather, that bad things always befall those who oppress others. I suppose it didn't translate because of how old the language is. Yendanala turned to Yamada with a stomp. So how could the assassin speak this language, hmm? Ambassador Yendanala... Dal Premanar of the now-standing Anna Booth had to be heard. You can't seriously be accusing the United Human Nations of being involved, can you? Benvale was the first and biggest supporter. I... You're right, of course. I apologize, Ambassador Yamada. Apology accepted. Tensions are running high. Excuse me, Ambassadors, but the head of the security team would like to contribute to the discussion. The door swung open and the stricter in body armor walked in. He stomped his hooms in a salute pattern. Honored ambassadors, he said. During our interrogation, the suspect he went into convulsions and expired. The autopsy is not yet done, but a preliminary body scan revealed that he had been biologically altered. That caught everyone's attention. The armored stricter continued. More specifically, some of the neural connections in his brain had been cut. 
We believe that he'd been purposely disconnected from the Zavadi hive mind. Galdrain shrieked in horror. Disconnected, Yamada said. It means, oh goodness, who would do such a thing? The Galdrain was shaking like a leaf. Certain, certain cranial injuries can cause a person to become disconnected from the hives. And from the mother god's voice, most do not survive the shock. Some survive in a catatonic state. All others develop a severe mental conditions caused by the trauma of loneliness. More importantly, if he wasn't connected to us, you couldn't have known. Yendanala completed, sounding remorseful. I actually feel a little sorry for that killer now. But who would do such a thing? Zakira mused out loud. Moreover, why was he speaking a dead human language when that would have been physically quite difficult for him? If he was speaking a human language, was it to message to humanity? Killing off the biggest supporter, and why use a lobotomizer body to do the job? Imada rubbed her temples. Her hands and knees still stung from where she'd scraped them on the steps. Something about the situation stank, and she was going to get to the bottom of it. End of story number one.